Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Our guest this week is beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Before he joins us, let's get it rolling with my view from Section 17. On last week's show, I said progress and getting a W was all I wanted to see against Nebraska. And we got it. Been a long time since we've witnessed a beatdown in the big house like that. There was improvement in every facet of our game, but most notably with the offensive line. In the end, it was a nice win, and we got 81 players on the field, and man, it felt good to watch a dominating performance. Now we have to carry it forward. That starts this Saturday in Northwestern against a wounded Northwestern team, one that lost its leading rusher, Jeremy Larkin, on Monday when he was forced to retire because of a neck injury. Still, it's a road game, and if we bring our A game, we should walk out of Ryan Field with another W. Pat Fitzgerald and his team are coming off a bye week, so they will have had plenty of time to prepare for us. Beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive says this is the kind of game Michigan needs to take control of early and not let the Wildcats hang around. He joins us next on this week's Game Day segment to discuss the Nebraska Big Ten opener and share his thoughts on this Saturday's trip to Evanston here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brew. us on our game day segment this week to take a look back at a big win on Saturday against Nebraska. Beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Great to have you back with us, Aaron. Good to be back, Mike. Well, I think all Michigan fans are saying that is the most complete game we have seen from a Michigan team 
in a long time, Aaron. I can't remember the last time we saw a performance like that. Yeah, you know, I just did finish my uh, my team grades yesterday afternoon, and I think I ranked most of the groups with either A's or, you know, A minus. It was, you're right, it was a top to bottom, uh, an impressive performance. You know, the offense got going early on, you know, they got the ground game going and never really relented. Uh, defense was kind of swarming there early, and Nebraska never got anything going offensively. And then, you know, we saw some pretty incredible plays from the special teams, too. So, you know, all around, really good performance. They got, I think, 81 guys into the game, uh, several, you know, a lot of backups. They played all three quarterbacks. Um, it, was a, it, was a good, it was a good It was a good. game. Yesterday, I was uh, perusing uh, the Internet, looking at stories, especially national stories and the perspective of how Michigan is playing. A lot of uh, the comment from uh, reporters was, it was just Nebraska, so what? But, you know, if you're following Michigan as a fan, as a writer, you have to say, okay, it was Nebraska, but there was marked progress in so many areas, wasn't there? Yeah, that's the thing I think you got to go off at this point. Because you know, you got to remember, after Notre Dame, so many of us were you know, kind of questioning mm-hmm. whether this was you know, the same offense we saw last year, whether this you know, defense maybe had regressed a little bit. Um, you know, there's, there are all these question marks. And then I think that you're right, the last three weeks they've done a good job of um, you know, at least from the offensive perspective, for sure, definitely. You know, they've, they've, they've shown improvement. You know, the offensive line, I think, has looked better. Um, the quarterback play certainly has been better. The receivers, I think, have taken the, the biggest chunk of, jump of any of the position groups. And then, you know, the last couple of weeks, and Michigan's been down and running back, and they've still done a decent job of, of you know, moving the football. So it's, you know, it's been a, um, you know, it, it's, it's cautiously, I think, I think many Michigan, like you mentioned, many Michigan fans are looking at this, you know, cautiously optimistic. You know, it has been Western Michigan, SMU, and Nebraska. Um, but, you know, I was I was curious to see how this offensive line would fare against the Big Ten opponent uh, on Saturday, and I thought they handled themselves really well. So there's a lot to like. Um, you know, the schedule's not going to get any easier. They've got some, you know, quality opponents coming up here, you know, in the next month or so. Um, but right now, if you're a Michigan fan, you've got to be uh, – you know, pretty happy considering, you know, week one and how they played against Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And, you know, for right now, it seems like Jim has found five guys in that offensive line. He's stuck with them all four games so far. And uh, there was movement on Saturday the entire game. That was uh, what was impressive. That line is, it might be in small increments, but they are getting better. Yeah, you know, Jim's been talking for a few weeks now that he, he really thinks his offensive line has, has shown improvement, you know, and that was starting with the Western Michigan game. I can remember after, you know, after Notre Dame, you know, several of us were questioning whether this line really was improved. He really did think it was. Uh, in the last few weeks, I think they, they've shown it. You know, um, you know Brent Bettison's obviously been a, you know, a key cog there on the line, and, and folks don't realize this, but, you know, after the Western Michigan win, you know, it was a dominating win. I thought Shea Patterson looked very good. You know, Michigan internally named Bredesen their offensive player of the week that week. Um, so I think Cesar Ruiz handled the center position well. He's, a, you know, he's a natural center who didn't play much, you know, at the position last season. Uh, but he's, I thought he's moved in there very well. Um, Michael Arnwainu has, has held himself well at right guard. Um, the tackles, you know, those have always been the question marks, and, you know, I don't think they played very well. Um, you know, the week one against Notre Dame, but I thought Saturday against Nebraska, you know, particularly John Running. Remember those two big runs from from Cron Higdon early in the first mm-hmm. quarter, his 46 yard and 44 yard runs were both to the left side, and, and John Running did a good job of, you know, moving his his block. Um, so, you know, overall, I thought the line looked very good. There were, you know, I think the quarterback was sacked once. They gave up a couple of tackles for loss, but you know, by and large, against a, against a, a Big Ten defensive line size wise. Uh, they did well. Well, there were some solid individual performances on Saturday, a lot of them really, uh, starting with Devin Bush. 
I don't know, Aaron, if I have ever seen a linebacker that closes as fast as he does or just runs to the ball as fast as he does. He is just playing out of his mind right now, isn't he? He is. You know, Jim Harbaugh has been praising him, I think, going back to spring. You know, he's, he's said several times now that, you know, Devin Bush has been the, the fastest linebacker he's, he's ever seen play. <laughs> um, that's, that's, pretty, that's a big compliment. Uh, yeah, he, he played well on, on Saturday. He had six tackles. Uh, he had a sack, a couple tackles for loss. Uh, you know, and obviously he didn't play the entire game, but you know when he did, uh, you know his his speed and his, you know his, his his I guess his ability to get the ball. That's the thing about him. You know, he's he's a big bulky guy and he's shorter on the short side, but you know he's he's fast and he's built and you know it's he's got natural this tendency to get to the ball and he's got this straight line speed. I think that very few linebackers have. Um, he's he's played very well. You know, there's a reason he was an All Big Ten linebacker last year. He'll be you know he'll be that again this year. Uh, you know, and I think the only question mark left is how good he can get. You know, before the season, you know, his, his name has come up obviously in NFL draft boards, and he'll he'll assuredly go, you know, barring something, you know, you know, um, unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, he's looked very good. Uh, I know Don Brown is, you know, he's been raving about him as well. Uh, you know, I think uh, Michigan feels very fortunate to have Devin Bush on their team. And over on the offensive side of the ball, I think our depth maybe is a little bit better than we thought at running back. It might not be outstanding, but it's good. It was great to see uh, Karan Higdon back uh, this week. He's just got a little something else, it seems to me, Aaron. Our other backs don't have, and I'm not sure what it is. I've always liked him, though, but whether it's better vision or quicker feet, it was a nice day from him, and we're, we're going to need him big time the rest of the way. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a knack for finding holes, you know. And he bulked up over the off season too. He put on like ten or fifteen pounds, mm-hmm. and it's it looks like his speed hasn't really taken a, taken a dive. You know, he's, he's been able to, to break through holes and, and find gaps, and he's had, you know, now he's had. I think he's, Saturday was the seventh hundred yard rushing game of his career. Um, he's looked good so far. Now, obviously, he didn't didn't play last last week, but you know, I thought he came off of, you know, not having played. He, he looked fresh, looked ready to go, and he had those big runs early on, and. That kind of put the, the nail in the coffin early against Nebraska, but no, he's he's been good. You know, I think before the season started, I projected that he would rush for 1,200 yards, and you know, I don't know if he'll get there just because of, you know, he didn't play last week. But you know, he he's looked just as good as he as he finished last season, plus some. Um, but you're right, the running back depth has, has been okay. You know, I, I was concerned about injuries, and you know, we've seen that the last few weeks where you know, Karan didn't play last week, Chris Evans didn't play against Nebraska. Um, you know, but you know, I think True Wilson's handled himself well. Um, Omar Samuels is trying to get more carries, and I think Michigan was able to get. Um, obviously, had, they used Ben Mason quite a bit on Saturday, but they're able to get Christian Turner in the game. Um, so they're you know they're they're starting to um, get some more guys in the game. Omar Samuels is a guy I think could eventually be a, a good number three back for Michigan, maybe potentially number two. I think he just needs more reps. Um, but you know, given the way Michigan's ground game has been going these this first you know three the last three weeks, I should say, you know, it's if they're they're able to get more guys in there, and that'll bode well. You know, down the line later in the season. As far as the Chris Evans injury, have you heard anything at all in the last week as what that might be? We have not. You know, Jim Harbaugh was real, uh, he was real coy about it early in the week. You know, we heard from him. We heard from running backs coach Jay Harbaugh, and they, and they both had told us that you know they expected Karan and Chris to play against Nebraska. Um, I guess the decision was made midway through the week uh, not to play Chris. It's 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 been hasn't been determined what his injury. They haven't re- revealed, I guess, what his injury is. Uh, it doesn't sound like it was like it's something super serious. I mean, so he started practice last week. Uh, he obviously played. La- he played last week against SMU. 
Um, but it was one of those things where I guess they felt like it was um, better for them to hold him out than, than to play him on Saturday. Well, we've known now for a while Jim really likes Ben Mason. So do I. Uh, there are a lot of things we don't know after four games, but one thing we do know is this is a better offense when Ben Mason is on the field. The young man is a difference maker, isn't he, Aaron? Yeah, and Jim loves him. You know, the last couple of years he's, he's raved about him. He calls him Bench Mason. You know, <laughs> some folks have said he's the strongest guy on the team. Uh, so, yeah, and, and you know, I don't know if Jim sees a little bit of himself in Ben, but you know, anything they ask him to do, he does. You know, in practice, you know, he'll play fullback. He'll He's, you know, he's worked at linebacker, obviously. He's, he's carried the football. He's done a lot of things. He's played special teams. Uh, you know, Jim, he's the type of guy I think Jim, you know, knows that, you know, he would run through a wall for the football team. That's the type of guy he is. Um, they like him a lot. Um, ben has said he'll do whatever he's asked. Um, but, yeah, it, the whole the whole fullback, and they've used him a lot, obviously, in, in the red zone, you know, up, up, along the, uh, you know, near the, near the end zone. And, you know, he's been successful. He's a big kid. He's tough. He's strong. Uh, and, you know, Saturday it worked well for me. Three touchdowns, I think, on uh, six carries and 18 yards. I thought that was a great line from Ben after the game when he was asked when he was told he might uh, be carrying the ball more, lining up uh, as a back. And he says, well, it was, it was about midweek, and Coach said, we're, we're going to want you to run the ball a little more, so just go in there and run the ball. So, I mean, <laughs> as if it could be that simple, but it was interesting to see, and uh, maybe we'll see more of that of him being the uh, the single back. I, yeah, I suspect so, especially if, you know, injuries continue to, to creep up with, with Evans or Higdon. Um, you know, they used them obviously last week, a little bit last week, or two weeks ago, I guess now, against SMU. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're not afraid to use them. And you saw that a little bit, you know, last year with the fullback. They used Henry Pogey a little bit. They used Khalid Hill on, on occasion. Um, but Jim isn't afraid to, to use the fullback. Well, Shea Patterson did what he needed to do once again. And even though the numbers, you know, might not jump off the page at you, what he's giving this team in the way of leadership can't be measured in just the numbers alone right now, can it, Aaron? No, he's, he's been effective, and I think more or less that's what Michigan's needed out of the quarterback. You know, last year, they had, you know, we, we all know the story. They cycled through three different quarterbacks. They had injury issues. They struggled. Um, but I think it'd be, you know, when it came down to it, they just weren't effective. And I think that's one of the biggest differences, I think, with Shea Patterson. He's, he's, um, he's efficient. Um, he's accurate. He's, 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 uh, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and, and you saw that against Saturday. He was you know, 15 to 22, 120, a touchdown. Uh, didn't have to do a lot, um, but I think at the end of the day, if you ask Jim Harbaugh, I think that's kind of how he'd want to play. You know, he'd, he'd rather get the ground game going early, um, you know, move the football and keep Nebraska on its toes, and then when they need to, throw the ball. And that's that's kind of what Shea did on Saturday. You know, it's, it's a little bit different from how he played at Ole Miss, where he was slinging the ball around a ton and throwing for a ton of yards. But, you know, Shea's been asked now a couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks, about, you know, about his play and the stats and everything else. And, you know, he says, I'd rather just win. You know, it doesn't matter what I put up. I, you know, if I throw for 100 yards and, and, and you know, a touchdown and we win, I'd rather do that as opposed to throwing for 300 yards. and losing. So he's been, you know, he's done what they've asked him to do. Uh, he's been pretty good at it. Uh, he's obviously improving, so learning, you know, his teammates and the offense. But he's, he's looked pretty good. And, you know, you sort of get the feeling, Aaron, that Jim and the offensive staff are just bringing this offense along slowly but surely. And, yes, even though Shea Patterson has not been asked to do a lot, you do get the feel that when the playbook gets opened up, and it probably will have to in the uh, the next four to five games, that he can more than handle it. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's, he, was at, he was given a ton at Ole Miss. He was asked to do a lot. He was... You know, he's very much the focal point of that offense. And, you know, he still is at Michigan, but, you know, Michigan having, you know, with Kron Higdon and Chris Evans and some of these 
these weapons you know elsewhere Michigan's you know been able to rely on you know she hasn't has has much responsibility you know and I think that's maybe better off you know he's still keep in mind you know it's still his first season at Michigan like I said you know earlier he's still learning things he's still acclimated to his you know receivers and the line everything everything else um, but yes I mean they've you know they've kind of brought this offense along slowly but you know it's I think it's progressed every week. Um, at some point, yes, they're going to open up. I thought maybe they would do against Nebraska, and you know they, they opted to you know play the uh, the run game and, and go their strengths. But you know it's it's he's looked good. Um, I think I think you know against North, you got Northwestern coming up. You've got Maryland after that. Um, you know this might be a good opportunity for them to uh, to start you know uh, advancing some things. Well, another player that is ascending, as Jim likes to say, is Donovan Peoples Jones or DPJ, whatever you want to call him. What a difference a year makes, Aaron, because he is emerging now. This kid looks special, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You know, he was a guy, and you, know, you go back to last year, the receivers group was young, but and we all knew he was talented, but they didn't really have much direction. You know, there was no receivers coach, no dedicated receivers coach. They were, they were all kind of a bunch of freshmen kind of walking around trying to figure things out. You know, Donovan played every game, you know, and he looked better in others. You know, in um, early on, but I think he, you know, as the season went on, I thought he, he learned some stuff. He, he got better, um, and yeah, and since the beginning of the season, I thought he looked much more polished, much more comfortable out there. And that's something we, you know, talking to Nico Collins and talking to Peoples Jones and talking to McElwain, you know, a few weeks ago, that you know they just look more comfortable and they look they look like they know what they're doing out there, and that includes Donovan. You know, he's he's gotten they're using him more in space, or using him more on. Um, you know, as opposed to just being a possession type receiver, I think he has the ability to do that. But his his speed and his the looseness and his athleticism, you know, uh, lends him you know lent, gives him more opportunities. And I think they realized that we're starting them using use him more in uh, other situations. You know, he didn't he had one catch on Saturday, um, but you know, I think down the line you're going to see him. He, you know, he's become he is a Michigan leading receiver right now. I think he'll he'll continue to be the number one target. Um, and I think for him. You know, him being a five-star, you know, recruit out of high school, he has an endless amount of talent. And I think I really do, and I wrote this before the season. But I think the sky's the limit for him. Absolutely is, and I know people were just, you know, very concerned when Tariq Black went down, as as we should have been. He, we were hoping to see him, and might see him later this year. But the receiving court, Aaron, uh, with Donovan Peoples Jones and Nico Collins, Oliver Martin. I'm starting to like what we're seeing uh, with Oliver now, but. I think maybe we're a little better off there too than we maybe thought we were uh, on Labor Day weekend. I agree. You know, Nico has emerged quite a bit. You know, he was a name we heard a little bit last year, and we, we were hearing a lot of buzz before, right before the season started, once Tariq went down. And you know, I think Nico has, has kind of emerged as Michigan's down the field threat. He's got good hands. He's got got really good size too. And, and I think that's something people forgot. He's he's very much a similar guy to Tariq Black. So. If, you know, if Tariq and you know started the season healthy and ended up playing, I can I can only imagine how good this receiving core would look. But they they don't handle themselves well. You know, Albert Martin, like you mentioned, has come up in in key situations. They're starting to get Jake McCurry and other guys involved there. Um, they, you know, they use the tight ends quite a bit too, and that's that's been a Jim Harbaugh staple we've seen the last few years. Obviously, they've really gotten Zach Gentry and Sean McCune involved heavily. Um, they were involved quite a bit Saturday. Obviously, combined I think for five catches and and close to what sixty or seventy yards. So it's you know, it's it, it's done it's done a good job. You know, I think with Shea's ability to to get outside the pocket and move the, and kind of you know create stuff, it, it's helped the receivers a little bit. You know, last year they were so much stuck in one-on-one coverage and you know this, you know like some um, you know just programmed to run routes that you know things didn't really work out with Shea. It's 
you know, it kind of opens things up and it gives them extra life where, you know, and receivers have talked about this the last few weeks where, you know, they'll run around, but they know not to stop because if the play continues, you know, Shane, may, you know, may find them elsewhere on the field or down, or, you know, down the field. So it's, it's a never ending process. The receivers and the quarterback, but they've certainly improved and, uh, you know, Michigan's offense looked better because of it. Absolutely. I mean, last year at this time, the word we kept hearing when we were talking about our receiving core was separation. We're not getting any separation, and there are a lot of reasons that you don't. I mean, other than the Notre Dame game, what I've noticed is all of our receivers are coming off the line really well. They are getting separation. I think you have to give credit to McIlwain for a lot of that. You do, yeah. They get, and they get a really a big uh, coaching crew. You got Roy Roundtree there. You got two or three guys heavily involved in that process, and that was something that you know, I know they, they focused on a lot going back in spring. And, you know, and some of that comes back to experience and just, you know, knowing, you know, having gone through a year of, at the college game and knowing what, you know, opposing defensive backs or how, how they're going to play you and what they're looking for. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been a natural, I think, progression for the group. Uh, the coaching staff has certainly helped. You know, I've heard, I can't, you know, Peoples Jones especially has raved about Jim McElwain and the job he's done with him. I think he, I think he called Jim his favorite coach he's ever had. Um, so it's you know, and then you got Roy Roundtree, experienced guy who played the position a lot. Um, so it's it's been nothing but I think but good for the Michigan receiving crew core so far. With us on our game day segment this week, looking back at the Nebraska game, in a few minutes we'll talk about uh, this Saturday afternoon evening uh, in Evanston. He's beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Aaron, the defense has had a few rough patches here early in the season, as if we have much to complain about. But overall, this defense is still playing very, very well. Yeah, and I think that's, that was a thing people forgot. I, you know, I haven't checked yet, but I know going into the Nebraska game, the, you know, the unit was still 12th, I think, in the nation in, in total defense. So, it, you know, it was still pulling its own. You know, they're, they're still prone to giving up big plays, but I think by and large, um, they've done their job. You know, they they, uh, they held Nebraska on the ground at, at you know, uh, I think 39 rushing yards on Saturday. They For a while, it was almost zero. I can remember that. So it was, you know, the defensive line has done its job, and I think they're a little banged up. Linebackers have looked good. The secondary's, you know, held its own. Um, and I was really impressed with, you know, the, the, just the the amount of you know, pressure they got in Nebraska on Saturday. You know, they didn't have the opportunity to throw the ball a ton, and when they did, it wasn't for much yardage. Um, you know, and, and by and large, I think the defense has been fine. You, you mentioned the penalties. That continues, I think, to be the the elephant in the room. You know, going into the Nebraska game, it was, I think, 21 of the 27 penalties against Michigan, depending on the defense. They've had a couple of tar- three targetings now. Cully Thompson back-to-back games. Um, you know, I think that stems from more aggressiveness. I think, you know, obviously we know Don Brown likes to play that, you know, the high-risk, high-reward defense, man, man coverage, where they you know, rely on, you know, one-on-one play, and, and that's fine. But, um, you know, they're going to come back in the penalties, and I think that's been their Achilles heel so far, that they're able to do that. And then I'm sure they will. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, they, they realize they realize what's going on. They know it. They know what they have to do to improve or, you know, to change it. Um, but, no, I think this defense will be just fine. You know, I think it ends up at the end of the year. They'll still be a top-five unit in the country. And, and, you know, given Michigan's improvement offensively, I think that's that's just fine. Well, and you mentioned um, Lee Cuts, and that If there was a downer on the defensive side, that was it. He sat out the first half. Then he gets to play most of the second half. And then for the second week in a row, even Jim agreed with the call, Aaron. Kalik's got to get that cleaned up, doesn't he? He did, you know. He, you know, he said he he acknowledged that it was a, you know, it was a targeting penalty. It was helmet, it was helmet, the face mass hit. Um, Kalik led with his head, uh, just like he had the, the previous week on, on the other quarterback. But that, and since he was, you know, that senior quarterback was carrying the football and in between the tackles. But you know, those are one of those mistakes where you just can't, you can't make. You know, it's 
And the thing is, too, it was late in the game. It was fourth quarter. The Michigan was up big. It didn't really need to happen. Uh, but from Kalik's perspective, I get it. He hadn't played in the first half. He had just gotten in the second. He was, you know, he was still looking to play and get his, you know, get the stats and kind of, you know, get back into the groove of things. And, and then that happened again. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure the Michigan coaching staff has talked to him about it. I, I know he, I'm sure he realizes he, you know, he can't do that. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's unfortunate, you know, for him and, you know, from Michigan perspective, I know they're not happy because they, you know, they're going to lose him for the first half against Northwestern. But, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, again, it goes back, I think, to overgressiveness. These guys, some of these guys are, they're playing fast, obviously, and they're, they're trying to make a tackle and everything else. Uh, but you got to pull up, and that's something Jim Harbaugh acknowledged Saturday after the, after the win. Well, another thing I was thinking about after the game on Saturday, Aaron, is uh, back in August, a week before the season, Jim Harbaugh was asked about the punting job, and he said, we're still working through that, still competing. We really don't have a punter right now. Well, Will Hart didn't get mentioned much, but so far through four games, his numbers, Aaron, are just insane. He has become a huge weapon. I don't think he can keep this pace up, but so far, wow, you, you've got to like what you're getting from him. Yeah, I can remember talking to, to Chris Partridge, the special teams coordinator. Gosh, it was a week or two before the season started, and they, they had a three-man punting competition at that point. They didn't know who the starter was going to be. And then Brad Robbins goes down to a back injury, and then you know Will Hart kind of ends up with the job. And you're right, so far I think he's he surprised everyone. You know he's he's averaged more than I think 50, 52 or 53 yards a punt so far. You know I, I keep checking the national stats, and you know he hasn't punted enough to kind of register for uh, you know to, to to register for the top you know the qualifications for the top punters in the country. But his his per punt average you put him near the top, uh, so yeah, it's he's done very well. Um, you know, we spoke to Chris, Chris Partridge, I think, last week, and he said that he's doing a job of recognizing, um, you know, playing two conditions. He's he's gotten stronger and more accurate, and uh, they're, they're, you're right, they're, they're really happy with what they got so far. Well, this Saturday, it's on the road to Evanston, 4.30 p.m. kickoff, and yes, there's going to be a ton of Michigan fans there, but it's still a road game. And Michigan does need an impressive win away from the big house, don't they, Aaron? Yeah, they do. You know, Northwestern obviously isn't ranked, um, but you know, given the you know the sour taste they got after the Notre Dame loss and everything else, it's you know it's, it's a it's a must win. It's a game. Michigan's got a lot of momentum right now. They won three straight. They scored you know forty five plus points in all three of those games. They're they're kind of back to where they started in the AP Top Twenty Five poll. Uh, things are looking up, you know, and and things it, and it needs. The momentum, I guess, needs to carry over to Northwestern. You know, the Wildcats are, you know, coming off a bye. They're only one and two. Uh, they do have a they do have a Big Ten win. They beat you know, Purdue week one uh, at home, or excuse me, at Purdue. Um, you know, but they're coming off a loss to Akron, so it's it's been a kind of a mixed bag for the Wildcats. Um, you know, they're 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 not ranked right now. Um, so it's you know it's it's a game Michigan needs to win. I think as last check, they're 13 point favorites. So Las Vegas, Vegas expects them to win as well. But you know you got to, like we mentioned, you got to cut down on the penalties. You got to eliminate the, uh, you know, turnovers. And I think if they play, you know, relatively well on offense, I think this is a game that can certainly, certainly win. Well, you would think so, but this Northwestern team really hard for me to figure out. I, the only game that I've been able to see them play this year was Purdue, and you know I thought they looked pretty good. I thought it was good to see uh, Clayton Thorson back. He looked healthy. And, of course, they beat Purdue in a really tight ball game. Since then, they, on both sides of the ball, not played well. They don't look even close to uh, last year's team, and they have so many people back. Yeah, yeah. The last two, week, last two games they played, they think they've had its own four interceptions. 
um, haven't got much of a rushing game going. They've they basically relied on, on one rusher the whole season, Jeremy Larkin. Mm-hmm. He's been he rushed for 346 yards. Other than that, they don't have much going there. Um, and the defensive giving up a lot of points. Um, so it's yeah, it's been kind of a, a head scratcher there. Um, they they are like I mentioned, they are coming off a bye, so maybe they figured some things out. They've had a week to obviously game plan for Michigan, which which would certainly help. Um, but you know, I think at the, at the end of the day, Michigan's talent and kind of depth uh, should should outweigh what Northwestern has. Yeah, you would think so because on paper, even though they have a lot of people back, they just don't match up with Michigan very well. But one thing is they are a well-coached football team by Pat Fitzgerald and his staff. They are kind of with their backs against the wall after these last two performances. So it's one of those games. It's on the road. Michigan's got to come at them, I think, strong early and not let them hang around. Absolutely. You know, it'll be another game where you know, I'm kind of paying attention to the offensive line. You know, we I was. Like I mentioned earlier, I was I was curious to see how they handled uh, Nebraska team that had done a good job of pressuring the quarterback and everything else, and, and I thought they handled themselves well. Uh, Northwestern will be another test, you know. This time it's on the road. Um, I do think Northwestern's a, you know a little bit better team than Nebraska is right now, um, you know. And it's, uh, like I said, Nebraska's coming off a I'm assuming Northwestern's coming off a bye, so I think you know it, 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 Michigan needs to be careful about not turning this into one of those. You know, sleeper games where they kind of look past them, and because they got Maryland after that at home, and you know, the following week for homecoming. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, the schedule's getting a little bit easier. I don't think Nebraska is anywhere near, you know, a top tier Big Ten team, but it is the road, and it is a Big Ten team. You mentioned it being Pat Fitzgerald; he's, he's always coached his team well, and they they usually play above um, expectations. So it's. Um, it, it certainly isn't a game for Michigan to take lightly, that's for sure. Final question for you, Aaron. Um, you know, handing Nebraska a beat down at home, that was a lot of fun. And I think if we come to play on Saturday night, should get a W uh, in Evanston. Then it's back home for Maryland, and they aren't playing defense, but their offense looks good for the Terrapins. And then it's Wisconsin. Badgers are going to be, I think, the real measuring stick game for this Michigan team. And now there's some talk that might be the night game, Aaron. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've been saying that for a few weeks now. I think we're working to really find out how good or, you know, how you know how talented this Michigan team is until they get into that meet of the Big Ten schedule, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Penn State. Um, and thankfully for Michigan, two of those three games are, you know, at home, and then they obviously finish Ohio State, but Nebraska is, is the first one. You know, it's it's the game where Michigan's going to have to show up, and I'm sorry, um Wisconsin. That's you know that's the game they're going to have to show up and, and play well against. Uh, you know, they, they, Wisconsin's coming off a, a curious loss to BYU two weeks ago. Um, you know, I think their expectations have dropped a little bit. I think in the, in the minds of some of the national writers and the national media. Uh, but I do still think you know they, they got an impressive win over Iowa. Um, you know, I do still think they're the favorite, and they, they are the favorite right now in the Big Ten West. Uh, so it's you know that's the first one. Michigan's going to have to come up, show up, and, and ready to play and win. Um, otherwise, you know, it's going to be, I think, a similar situation after Notre Dame. People will be questioning whether, you know, how how far this offense had, you know, has improved. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be back to, you know, kind of where we were at after week one. First things first, take care of Northwestern and Evanston on Saturday night, and then we'll see. Our guest uh, on our game day segment this week, taking a look back at a really good win over Nebraska on Saturday and a, a peek ahead to uh, Saturday's game, this Saturday's game, I should say, with Northwestern has been beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Always a pleasure to have you with us, Aaron. Always glad to do it, Mike. Thanks. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
On Quick Hits today, at Jim's presser on Monday, he had no injury updates at that time. But on his radio show Monday night, he said he is hopeful Chris Evans will play on Saturday, but he's not taking any chances. He said Chris is dealing with a muscle injury and is day-to-day. Jim also said he is hopeful Tariq Black will be able to play later this year, and he is coming along real well with rehab. There was some talk after the game on Saturday that Rashawn Gary was being worked on by trainers and suffered an injury early in the game on Saturday. On Monday, though, Rashawn said no injury. Uh, They were working on his shoulder pads. Jim is also very happy with the progress of freshman defensive lineman Aiden Hutchinson. He said Aiden is playing at an upperclassman level right now. There were no other injuries that were reported on Monday at Jim's presser or later on his radio show. On Thursday's show, we'll find out what's going on with this week's opponent, the Northwestern Wildcats. Our guest will be Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune, so make sure you join us on Thursday for that. Our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us weekly on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Make sure you tell your Michigan family and friends about the show and join us each week. That will do it for our game day edition this week. On Thursday's Visitor Show, we'll have the latest injury news, game day notes, and hear from one of the most respected sports writers in the country, Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. So until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!